What's up, Red Sox Nation? Thanks for joining us. We'll talk about a very somber exit for your hometown Red Sox from the playoffs. We'll look back at the career of Big Poppy David Ortiz, and we'll look ahead to next year, all on this week's season finale of Red Sox Rap 360. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. It's so hard to say goodbye to Big Poppy, baby. I don't oh, know what we're gonna do without number 34. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, Red Sox Nation, I've been over it a little bit, it's a little bit of time has passed, I'm glad you didn't catch me last week, I was wearing black for a few days, it was kind of a unceremonious exit, or maybe that's the wrong word, because there was a ceremony at the little end bit, of it, a little bit, so, but uh, gang, thanks for joining us, alongside Ben Fay. I am Mike Conley, this is our season's final edition of Red Sox Rap 360, our weekly dis- rudderless discussion on all things Red Sox. If you wanted to join said discussion, there's a couple ways you can do that. How could you do that, Ben? Well, I've got the YouTube live chat right in front of me, so I'll be chatting with you guys on that. If you guys have any questions, comments, or off-season predictions, bold off-season predictions... You can certainly hit us on the YouTube chat, or you can hit me on my Twitter, at Benny Frickin' Jam. Yes, that sounds good. Please, you know, help us heal. Uh, Let's go back to Game 3, and I guess, you know, talk about what everybody else was. What did John Farrell do wrong? (laughs) 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 That seems to be a popular... uh, popular discussion you know in red sox nation was it more of what john did wrong or was it more of what francona did right in this situation because it really felt like he could make no wrong moves for the indians in this series it's true and i think with managing it's like anything else if you have the experience it's a good thing Mm -hmm. you know but like especially in managing you know as opposed to you know, playing where you can get by on youthful exuberance sometimes, but definitely uh, Tito showed he was the more experienced manager, it seemed like. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, he's kind of like rewriting a way to handle your bullpen in this in these playoffs and really in the stretch run. When you have a, a stud like Andrew Miller, you can do that. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, and 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 maybe the the true mistakes from from john maybe didn't come out during this series maybe there was some earlier mistakes like the fact that we didn't get to throw our true number one ace out there for game one yeah uh, you yeah. know who i'm referring to mr right well <laughs> that's mr. right i mean that's like probably the biggest mistake he's made wow wow so we didn't even get to see what Stephen wright could do because he obviously Hurt his shoulder pinch as pinch pinch running earlier in the season, uh, so he was out for the last two months of the season. Mm. Let's not dwell on that just now. We can okay. talk about that later. But you know, 
It was a lot of people pointing to the fact that, uh, you know, Porcello got hit around a little bit in his mm. start. Yeah. Same with Price. Yep. But, I mean, I think the bats let us down. I mean, we've been, like, relying on the bats all year, and they just weren't there. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you and I were talking before game three, and you were like, how are you feeling about Clay? And I was like, I think Clay's going to be serviceable. I thought the magic number was six runs. If we got six runs, I, th- I thought we could win. It turns out we needed only five. We didn't get that five. We only got three. Kind of a problem. But, I mean, I thought Clay, two innings and, and uh, you know, two two earned runs and, and four innings pitched. Yeah, I thought he hung in there and gave the Sox an opportunity to win, you know. And I think that's the best you could have hoped for. I mean, if you would have told me that we were going to need Clay Buckholes back against the wall to to throw, you know, a six-hit, two-run game, you know, one one walk, four Ks, I would have said, good luck. That seems rather optimistic. But, you know, he went out there and he did it. So on, on after being thrown into the relief role for for most of the second half of the season. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he did pretty well. But you're absolutely right. The bats really were inconsistent. I think we, we really didn't see the power and the consistency from the guys that were doing it all season long. I think the one guy in particular, and I hate to do this, do this to him like it, but I mean Ortiz, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of expect him when his back is against the wall in those situations where you have guys on base, you expect Ortiz to to pull through, and and he really wasn't his normal superhuman playoff self in that aspect. Yeah, it was kind of sad because, um, you know. I almost wanted him. He got that walk in the eighth, you know, and I was just yeah. like, maybe you widen out your strike zone because nobody's really hitting. You're the clutch hitter. You're the guy. And there was a couple, like, just off the inside corner of the plate that maybe take a hack at that, Poppy, yeah. you know? Yep. But, you know, the Red Sox had success this year by that old mantra of move the line, you know? So it's like next man up and, you know, that guy get it. Let's get into yeah. some particulars there. What did you think about, and, you know, John Farrell's been getting a lot of flack for, for pinch hitting for Andrew Benatendi with Chris Young there. Yeah, and I thought that was an odd move because uh, Benatendi, I think his first at-bat, he had a double. Uh, so he was looking solid, and then, yeah, Chris Young got the pinch hit for him. Yeah. Which ended up working out because I think Chris, Chris Young ended up getting a hit. Am I right? Uh... Or am I thinking about... I'm thinking about one of the earlier games, but I mean, either way, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, think he I th- did, but like, yeah. you know, where Bradley wasn't really hitting, I was thinking he might save him for that, but he was thinking maybe the lefty might be out of the game at that point when you got to Bradley and, you know, Bradley didn't end up getting a single in the ninth. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a lot of Monday morning quarterbacking you can do on the guy. Yeah. And it's like one of the reasons why Tito's can make the moves he can make is because he's got a guy like Andrew Miller. Exactly. Who's going to come in and go five or six out for him at crucial times. You know, you can play him. Uh, you know, I thought they, they got a hell of a boost uh, from Josh Tomlin. A huge boost. You know? Yeah. And he was great. I mean, and no easy task to do in Fenway when you have everybody chanting your name. Uh, Tom Lynn. Right. Tom Lynn, right? <laughs> and you know what he said after the game? He said, heck, I was surprised anybody knew my name in that park. <laughs> so, and I mean, that's fair, right? I don't think a lot of Red Sox fans probably do know Tomlin yeah. heading into that series. So for him to, to come out there and, 
and have such a great game. You know, pr- props to him on that. I mean, Tito doesn't have to do anything when his guys pitching pitching like that. So, but he did. He took him out. He took him out early. Relied on his bullpen. Yeah. Again, he had he had the bullpen to go to. So why not maximize that when you have it? Yeah. I really thought we were gonna pull it out there in the end, though. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, getting two on in there in the ninth and. Yep. T. Shaw. Oh, man, baby. Yeah, well. And Coco Coco Crisp, former Red Sox, with the huge homer. Huge homer. Blasted it. And that was like, it was really, uh, I didn't feel good about that whole bat because, you know, Pomerantz was just like, spending too much time with that runner on second base you know and he was very flustered by that whole scenario mm-hmm. and it was just like uh, he's gonna end up grooving one here and sure enough he did and coco took it deep you know i was thinking oh man an ex-red sock is gonna come up and bite us in the ass in this series yeah. and i was thinking it was gonna be mike napoli that's what i was thinking yeah yeah but he had a real quiet series but coco man and in the series, he had, like, two sacrifice bunts. And, you know, that's really yep. what it comes down to. It's like they talk about uh, pitching winning in the playoffs. And, mm-hmm. you know, you want to have a bench and bullpen. And, you know, the Indians proved to have a better one of both of those. Yep. You know, and it was just like you, you got guys that can, you know, alter the frame of a game with their speed. And, like, Rajay Davis and, uh, you know, Coco. And with his bunting and stuff. And the Red Sox have guys like that too, but it's just like, it seems like we never got on base enough to kind of really make that happen. You know? Yep, absolutely. And, and, and I think, you know, the other thing that, that really struck me in this game and, and probably our, our, I think I would say probably Ortiz was our go-to captain for this year, but our captain for next year, Dustin Pedroia seemingly made every single out, in this game for the Red Sox, it felt like every single pop out, he had that ridiculous play where he went to his left, snagged that ball and got it to first. So, you know, uh, that's just something that stuck out to me. I mean, you can't, you can never fault Pedroia for, for how hard he works and, and the effort that he gives, even when his back is against the wall. So props to him for that, but it's true, but again, two for 12 in the series, right? You know, yep. and Poppy one for nine in the series, yep. you know, and like, those are our two biggest veterans and they were unable to lead the way, you know, Sandy Leone who came out of nowhere this year, you know, to be a, you know, our stud hit and catcher. He was one for 10, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it was just a sad day. And like, you know, Mookie was hit 200, you know, hand ram 250. You know, the only guys, Andrew Benatendi was three for nine in the yeah. series. You yeah. know, Brock Holt had a pretty good series going four for ten. But, you know, it was just, I guess it just wasn't meant to be. No, nope, not this year. You know, we had, uh, you know, a design set on a story probably book ending for number 34. A little Red Sox Cub World Series action. Oh, it would have been nice. But Theo Epstein, Dave Dabrowski. Hit him up right at the end. No, it wasn't meant to be. Oh, man. But, you know, it's I'm pulling for Cleveland now, I'll tell you that. You are? Okay. Well, you actually had uh, Star Drew asked, who are you guys going to cheer on now? So you're you're going for... Stop. Thanks for tuning in, baby. You're like our number one fan. I love that. Yeah. That a boy. It's going to be a long off season. You guys are going to have these dulcet tones. But, uh, you know, hopefully you'll tune us in with us on Pat's, Red so- Pat's Rap on uh, Wednesday nights. But mm-hmm. uh, There you go. Plug it. The plug it. 
Um, <laughs> speaking of plugging it, people can hit you up on your Twitter, right? What's your Twitter, though? Yeah, they can. Uh, you can hit me uh, at Benny Frickin' Jam as well, and uh, you can. I'll see if I can get that thing open. But yeah, and hit uh, them up in the off season. You know, if some there's some doing yeah, absolutely. going on. You know, me and Benny will be talking during the off season too. So no doubt, I you know, won't be totally disconnected from you guys. You know, definitely will be talking about some Patriots. Oh yeah. But also, we'll talk about some off-season Red Sox moves as well. Yes. Hopefully. Some blockbusters. We'll get to that in just a second. All right. Sorry. Let's talk a little bit about, I mean, have we thoroughly put this to bed, this this Game 3 demise? I mean, oh. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm just so I mean, over it's it. you know, it's almost a week now, yeah. so it's like if we would have got on here it's on been, Tuesday, we would have dissected every single play. But yeah. at this point, it's like yeah. you know, I've already drowned my sorrows it's for true. so long, and I, I mean, we've already seen almost. Uh, you cheers know, to yeah, that. cheers, cheers to that, cheers, Red Sox. That's it. Yeah. So, but you know, we've already seen uh, half the upcoming uh, AL and NLCS. Uh, so. So who am I going to cheer on? I think, you know, f- I think I'm going to go Dodgers NL. Yeah. Just cuz it's like my it's like kind of my new number 2. Okay. If I if I didn't live in LA, I'd probably be I'd probably go for the Cubbies though. Yeah. I, I don't really want anybody from the AL to win it. I mean, someone's got to go from the AL. I know, but you I don't, don't want, want anybody to no, I don't want any, I don't want either of them to win it. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess like the Indians over Toronto for sure, because like yeah. Tito and a, some former Red Sox that made some big impacts for us. Yeah, but man. got a roof, Tito, man. He got run out of town at a terrible time. But it's still like it's like a little bit painful. Yeah, yeah. it's a little painful. Mm. This is gonna cement his uh, bust in Cooperstown as a manager if he does go. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, Cleveland looks good right now. They're they're up two zero. Did yes. they play today? They didn't play today. No. no. Today's a travel day, so now they'll go to Toronto. Game three will be tomorrow there. I believe it's Trevor Bauer going for the Tribe. Not sure on Toronto, but I would imagine it would be Marcus Stroman. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, yeah. I think Toronto's going to rally now that they're back in Toronto. Yeah. It's a tough place to play. Yeah. As we've had some of our viewers attest um, get on your raincoats you might get wet those beer cans and whatever Ooh, flying all over the park baby i'll tell you <laughs> bring your umbrella yeah right Ooh. and then uh we you know we saw the dodgers uh about five minutes before we started filming today tie the cubbies in chicago so i don't think that's something we could have seen one to nothing one to nothing wow yeah clayton I mean, kershaw some stud pitching pitched three games in three games in the past five days I don't know how he does that. He's starting to rewrite his uh, postseason story uh, as one of, hmm, like, choking to one of just being dominant. And in and, and every position possible, apparently. Pretty in ridiculous. Every, yeah. I've so. got, I got to talk about that here in a little bit on the next show. Okay. On the old Dodgers rap. So I got to save it. We'll save, we'll save something save for the next show. You only want to sit in with us on that? We'll get you a blue shirt. <laughs> uh, hey, yo. Eh, maybe we'll ask me after the after the off air. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> what I mean now, David Ortiz goes out with the best you know season ever by a forty year old, best ever by somebody in the last their last season. What I mean, let's just dwell on this guy's career and like what he's meant to the Boston Red Sox. Comes over, 
after being, uh, you know, DFA'd by the Minnesota Twins, coming in as a part-time player. I think he was, like, platooning with Jeremy Giambi, you know, <laughs> the immortal one, <laughs> Jeremy Giambi at some point, like, coming in, I think, in 03, that was the deal. Mm. But, uh, man, he just took over by the end of that year and, you know, has become the second-best Red Sox of all time, yeah. you'd say. yeah. Yeah, I was. I mean, I remember reading all the the articles earlier this year and kind of like refreshing my memory of how that whole thing went down. It was, if you if you don't know the whole story, you should read it. It's crazy. Like he was pretty much on the verge of, you know, not finding a home. Red Sox were the only ones who were going to take him. So, which is amazing. Crazy because he had like twenty bombs that year for Minnesota and like. But we had a, we, there was like a log jam at his position in the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. like you said, Jeremy Giambi was in there. Some, a couple other folks in there. He was like an on base guy. Jeremy it's like yeah. this guy mashes from Minnesota. <laughs> the the artist formerly known as David Arias. I think we got to give him a look. And so we have Pedro to thank. And Pedro was, you know, right. he's been on MLB Network and TBS and stuff, working the playoffs for them. Mm-hmm. And he's recounted the story about how he ran into David in a uh, restaurant in Dominican Republic, just yeah. kind of, you know, by accident, you know, just happened. He's like, oh, David, what's up? You know, how you doing? And uh, he it was like, I just got let go from the Minnesota Twins. And, he, and Pedro was like, that's awesome. He's like, Pedro, <laughs> yeah. why is that awesome? I just had my second daughter. He's like, what? And so then Pedro was just lighting up like Theo and everybody to try and get him on the Red Sox. And, Yep. Ultimately, he did, yep. which was uh, we have Pedro to thank for that, as amongst other things. Oh, yeah. So let's fast forward 20 years into the future. Okay. And what do you think, big poppy David Ortiz, and you know, will be remembered for most of all as a Red Sox? Well, I think a lot of people right now are saying best Red Sox ever. I'm not, I'm not ready to hop on that one just yet. I mean, yes. I mean, absolutely. In most recent history, I mean, gosh, three championships while I mean, he's he, been here. At this point, the only guy you can argue is Ted Williams. T- yeah, that's right. And that's he, right. Never, he never won a title. I know. And the unfortunate Poppy's thing is, three, is that. Broke the core yeah, curse. Yeah. It's like. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. Unfortunately, thing is what? Oh, I mean that's that's the unfortunate thing. The unfor- unfortunate thing, right, is that he did, didn't have any ch- any championships while he was playing, and in a lot of his prime, he was in the war. So yeah, can't fault him for that either. It's the different a different time uh, when things like that were were kind of the norm, I guess. Yeah, I mean the guys like the uh, if Tom Brady is the greatest living American, you know. Yeah, I mean imagine Tom Ted Brady Williams just shipping off and saying, "Hey, I'll be back in a couple of years," American. right? Yeah, I think New England would go crazy. Oof, <laughs> but I mean, Ted Williams, like, not only was the best hitter, you know, probably of all time, he, you know, would have been uh, the best fisherman of all time mm-hmm. and the best fighter pilot of all time. Yep. You know, the guy just didn't do anything he wasn't the best at. It's just amazing. Crazy. Somebody's got to do a little uh, movie about him. You know? Star Drew says, Wade Boggs or Roger Clemens, best Red Sox for me. What? That's what he's saying? Yeah. Oh, boy. He's deluded. He's deluded. (laughs) (laughs) Roger Clemens, I I would say sour taste in my mouth just from how all that situation ended up and his, you know, PEDs and all that just kind of like, eh, distancing myself from labeling him as the best ever. Wade Boggs, best best beer drinker ever. 
probably so. He'll put he'll put up a good fight, I think. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, that guy be on the show will take down a thirty pack by the time we wrap. <laughs> That's no okay. problem. He'll just be crinkling them, just creasing cans. <laughs> what are you doing there, Wade? Uh, you know, just on my seventeenth. Uh, yeah. All right, there, buddy. Just trying to hydrate. Uh, a guy who actually a current player reminds me a little bit of Wade Boggs, Daniel Murphy. Okay. Going right now, playing his trade for the Washington Nationals. So bow out. But um, man, I, I get I get torn on this, you know, with the whole Poppy thing, because you know, I never thought I'd go away from you know back to back game winning hits in mm-hmm. the 04. I mean, that was just. It was a curse breaker. Yep. What they did coming back from 03, never been done again in baseball, may never be done again in baseball. And just like the way that whole season went down, we were down to that last thing. And like, you know, Dave Roberts with the steal gets knocked in. And then Poppy later winning it with the walk off. And then the very next game, walk off single, you know, and taking it back to the uh, New York and just like, yeah. But. That, I mean, you go like top ten moments in Red Sox history. Ortiz has the most mentions by far. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and like another one that's a little close to my heart because I was in attendance was in the uh, 2003 ALDS versus the Angels, and he wins that in the twelfth on a walk off in mm-hmm. Game Three in that. And so I was, you know, rather inebriated and just going bonkers down in Anaheim, and you yeah. Know, yeah. The locals were not happy with me. But, you know, I was there with, uh, you know, a couple knucklehead Pats fans. Uh, Red Sox fans. <laughs> it was all good. Yeah, I remember I went to St. Louis in 2013 watching watching Ortiz just rake during the World Series. I, th- there was at one point in, in the playoffs when he was batting like six or 700. Yeah. Well, and it was ridiculous. Well, I think he ended up finishing that postseason stretch a little bit lower, like right around 400 or so. Yes, but, but in God. in the World Series in 013, he hit 688. <laughs> 688, yeah. It's and crazy. the rest of the team hit 189. Yeah. So yeah. he just carried the team on his back. Yeah. You know, after he gave that, you know, rousing speech and I think game three or whatever to like, oh, you know, turn this thing around, he was just like, you know, he was like, he walked the walk. Yeah. You know? Yep. Oh, man. What did you think about that send-off going back to Game 3 after that? But it was pretty, yeah, I mean, a grown I mean, man, you know. It's her hurts. Uh, didn't have, you know, there wasn't a grown man without a tear in his eye. Yeah. I'll tell you that night. Yeah. yeah Ortiz mean, was crying, too. So like, I'm sure it was a pretty emotional moment. On just like a lot of different levels for him, you know, losing Game 3, kind of getting swept, and then at the same time, just what an incredible last season he had. I mean, could he have ever envisioned himself going out like that in the last season? Probably not, right? Yeah. I mean, even for a guy that's at the top level of his game, I don't even think he could have imagined how well he would have done this season. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, props to him. I, I and, and I don't think that by us not getting to the World Series or, or uh, you know, the ALCS for that matter, that that really tarnishes anything that he did i mean that last season was incredible yeah so agreed and uh you know it was just such a with him announcing at the beginning of the season was such a prolonged goodbye and everybody that it was just draining on the guy so for him to kind of perform at the level he did was was pretty impressive and uh 
then like he's but he did say like it really hit him when he started walking out to the mound that hey this is the last time i'm gonna be in front of a crowd as a player like this Mm -hmm. you know they were like i think the crowd was chanting like we're not going like when he was still in the clubhouse and stuff and uh you know then just chanting his name and stuff as he went out there it was just uh a definitely a memorable moment uh and maybe the most memorable moment as i kind of got off on a tangent there but i was saying like i thought it would always be 04 for me but you know his in, speech in 013 and then you know yep. him carrying the team on his back not only as we said in the uh world series but that grand slam in game two mm-hmm. i mean the 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 Sox are kind of dead in the water at that point. You know they lose game one at home, yep. game two at home they're down five to one in the eighth. They look Verland is ready back in Detroit to start game three for Detroit, and you know he just hits that grand slam yep. and his boy former twin teammate goes ass over tea kettle into the thing and forms that W with his legs and <laughs> that's right and yeah. The, uh, <laughs> And, the, and that dude, the, the the cop there, Steve, his arms up. Did you see that the uh, for win? Did you see that Sports Illustrated cover with? Um, they put the cop in there. They put Ortiz in there. Price and uh, I think Price and somebody else was in the crowd. And then your, our boy Duffy was in the crowd. Our boy as well. Duffy, fan of the program, way yeah, to get in there. That was Duff. really cool. That's crazy. One of our after buzz fans i love that our red Sox or rap 360 fans duffy on the cover of sports illustrated like i mean one of the like the red Sox fan of 20, yeah 2014 or 20 right? yeah 2013 2014 wow. something like that yeah Crazy. i mean how many people even made that shoot probably 30 or 40 people in that one good for him that must have been a great day that was impressive yeah. i bet him and wally you know went to the bleacher bar after that and got hammered <laughs> that's right uh, but you know i'm not i'm not Maybe I'm not as emotional as you about the Ortiz thing because I'm just really not ready to close the book on him just yet. Really? I'm just not ready. You think there's a chance? I mean, what's what's the worst that could happen if we brought him back for like $10 million and we just used him as like a pinch hitter? Wow. Could we do that? That $10 is probably going to have to be a lot closer to twenty five. First well, because he's on a he's on an option for ten mil, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. I can't imagine yeah. a ten mil option. Yeah. Wow. Well, they'll tear that up and make it twenty at least. But I mean, but just in like a pinch hitter role, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm obviously just playing. Yeah. But There's no way no. he's gonna do that whole goodbye no. and then come back. I mean, Definitely you have to not. give back the canoes and the boots and maybe if we everything like, else you got. What if we get to the World Series? No, like when's the last day they could sign him in order for him to like be postseason eligible? I don't know. I don't like even before want to. August first, just not uh, ready to say goodbye yet. I don't yeah, kind of like doing one of those like Roger Clemens deals that he did at the end of his career with uh, the Astros, where he's like, "Oh, I'll only pitch home games and all this stuff. You know? <laughs> right. Why not?" <laughs> but all right, well, you brought it up, and they're looking forward to the 017 Boston Red Sox. Well, let's w- do it. W- what can we look forward to there? Some news came down today that uh, yeah. Mike Hazen, yep, has been hired as the GM of the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm sure he'll have a lot more of... And the executive vice president, well, for whatever that means. Well, yeah. that means he'll actually be able to do stuff. Oh, yeah. Because okay. over here, he wasn't. He it was Dabrowski. Right. And it was just like he was GM and title only. But, you know, good on him. He's a Massachusetts boy. You know, he's been in the uh, organization for 11 years. So we wish him nothing but the best. Mike Hayes and go get him over there in the, the NL. You won't be haunting us, unlike Ben Charrington. 
who's in our division now. But so you you kind of look around the diamond. There's obviously a well before before okay. you go to the players. Yeah, now there's a little bit more of a fallout, right? There's a little bit of a wrinkle to that because now I'm hearing that Tori Lavello is probably next, and he might even follow to be the manager of the Diamondbacks. To be the manager of the Diamondbacks. That makes sense. Yeah, and wouldn't that be a, a really bad situation for the Red Sox losing two out of three? I've also heard uh, Frank Wren being tossed around as the as the next GM of the Red Sox. He probably is. I would say it's him. He has GM experience. He's already in the organization as a consultant, so it seems like the logical choice. Uh, we may even hear about that as early as Monday. Mm. Uh, I believe a press conference is scheduled to talk about uh, Mike Hazen's departure. So could be a situation where uh ren or even uh alan baird who's got some gm experience also in the organization uh could be into that role my money's on frank ren uh but we did get word that um john's coming back we did all the coaches are coming back dombrowski's that's what he said potentially not the bench coach (laughs) right 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 so we'll see but tori you signed a two-year deal just hang in there you know, Farrell's <laughs> under contract. I don't. I don't know why you would want to leave now. I mean, you sh- I mean, I, I've been saying it earlier in this season. I said it. I said the Red Sox are going to be better next year. Right. And like I, I know that everybody wanted the World Series this year, and so did I. But realistically, the Red Sox are going to be better than they were this year, next year. It's true, but much the same reason why Mike Hazen's leaving. It's like you have an opportunity to go to an organization that is absolute garbage right now, has some pieces and, you know, potentially resurrect that franchise. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of tempting and definitely, you know, you want to give yourself that professional challenge, you know, of taking care of that. But weather's certainly nicer depending on who you ask. I mean, I don't know, man. You've been to Arizona in the summer? That ain't no picnic, man. You gotta like. Well, I mean, where do they do their spring training? Yeah, we wear spacesuits that have AC like injected in them because it's like, it's ridiculous. Do they play indoors, though? Uh, In Arizona, they got to. I don't know if they do. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. But what are you going to do? Enough Diamondback talk. Let's talk about the 2017 Boston Red Sox. Um,. So, obviously, a glaring space uh, at the DH position. Yep. Do we bring in a free agent to take care of that? Is it going to be Edwin Acarnacion? I think he's the front runner for a big offseason signing. But, realistically, I don't really think that we need to. We have enough flexibility. I think that, ultimately, we could see Hanley getting some reps at DH. I think we could see possibly pablo getting some reps at dh right uh maybe shaw maybe swihart right because i think swihart's kind of floating around between positions here as well and we'll get to him a little bit later but i we could uh, we could see a lot of different situations here going on and i don't know if there's going to be a strict dh if we don't go out and get somebody like encarnacion yeah and that's kind of the norm i mean somebody having a stud like poppy who's going to you know break the dh barrier in the hall of fame uh, and, you know, hopefully open it up for a guy like Edgar uh, Martinez, um, is 
what what the other teams do it's like more of like all right get a guy off his legs you know you know have a break but still have his bat in the lineup something like that you know i think encarnacion still plays a decent first base so if he did come in maybe you see him at first for 70 games and hand ram for 70 games and they they switch out uh, pablo is the interesting thing because we're kind of like committed to him money wise yeah and there's a guy in the free agent market that the red sox flirted with about three three or four years ago before he made the move to the dodgers and a guy justin turner mm. who set a career high in homers this year for the dodgers for 24 and the Dodgers have some free agents coming up. I mean, they have Turner. They have Kenley Jansen. You know, I'm sure they would like to lock up their young shortstop. You know, I mean. I would love to lock up Justin Hunter. I mean. Justin Turner, t- yeah. Justin Turner, sorry. The ginger flow, I think, would be well received by Fenway. Oh, of course. You of know course. it. You know it. A redhead with a beard. Oh, it's God. Like, they you would know, love it. It's like. Uh, Tom Werner's like, oh, it didn't work with the panda hats, but I can sell a bunch of red beards. Mm, but you know, we got yes. a little bit of uh, we got a little bit of a log jam at third base as well. Uh, you know, we got Travis Shaw there. Not really sure what is ultimately where he's going to play. Is going to be third base, first base, DH some at some points. Um, but we also have obviously Pablo, and we also have Yon Moncada, who is eventually going to be brought back into the mix probably hopefully not in the middle of a pennant race right but you know he's gonna at some point he's got he still needs some seasoning he's got to go back down there to portland learn how to hit a breaking ball before we can kind of really see him so i can see him you know spending at least the first half of the season down there um pablo's the interesting thing the word is is he's dropped 20 pounds Mm -hmm. so potentially that's a guy that is in the mix, you know. I mean, Travis Shaw's a guy, got off to a good start, won the job in spring training, but then it was like he kind of faulted. Yeah. And Pablo was already out with injuries, so he wasn't coming back. Right. And so it was like a situation where we just needed bodies and he played a lot over there. But even in the in the uh in the playoffs he was supplanted over there at third by Brock Holt. That's right. And rightly so. Yeah. Um Dombrowski's already kind of come out and said that uh, one of the areas of focus that he wants to revamp is that bullpen. You know, we got a couple guys, long-tenured Red Sox, and Koji Uiharu is going to be 42, and Junichi Tazawa. Both those guys are free agents. Yep. Um, What do you think? I mean, those are two guys that we obviously need to make decisions on. Yeah. I mean, I think as the price is right, bring them back. Who? Both? Potentially both. I mean, I don't. Mm. Pro. I. I'd like to see Koji back. Yeah. Janucci's probably done. Yeah. I mean, but he's been such a soldier. I mean, I don't see him being in the eighth or seventh inning mix. But if he wants to be a mop up guy, be our sixth man in the bullpen. I think know. we got better options. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. Um, but you are. I would like to get back. Yes, I, you know, because he's ageless and he seems to like the. If city we can get him on something like, pretty minimal, you know, yeah. just for like a year be nice yeah, i lo- nice. love having him around and yeah. you know you saw his comeback and his comeback being affected really kind of put that bullpen fell into place yep. in september yeah and you know he was a big part of that we'll also uh hopefully begin a healthy carson smith back mm-hmm. next year oh that's right uh so that'll be nice to have that 
Um, Probably get a Robbie Ross back. Little Robbie Ross. Maybe he'll be in that left-handed mix. A guy who I don't think will be in that left-handed mix, Mr. Fernando Abad. See well, you later, buddy. are you sure, though? Because now he's going to be arbitration eligible for about $2 million. So that's, like, pretty interesting. You think he's worth $2 million? I don't know. I don't know. Oof. I mean, he, cer- he certainly didn't show it when he got to the Red Sox this year, but but before that, I mean, do you expect him kind of to regress to the mean a little bit, or do you expect him to be that bad the whole time? I don't, I don't know. know. Tough I to say. Know. He looked a little overwhelmed throughout his tenure with the Red Sox this year. He did. I think Boston overwhelmed him a little bit, so maybe it's just best to, to cut ties there. I don't know. We'll see what they do with that. That one is not, is not as easy as it may seem, I think. Yeah, I want to fast forward to a guy we're going to talk about. Clay Buckholtz. Option out there, club option for $13.5 million. Do you bring that guy back? Not for $13.5 million, no. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think the key is to try to bring Buckholtz back in that relief spot. I think that's really, really uh, did well this year. So if we can bring him back cheaper than that, that would be great. And I don't know how much interest there's going to be to get him for 13 and a half elsewhere. What do you think? I don't even think 13 and a half is that much anymore. Really? You know? mm. And it's like to get a guy and with as, you know, little starting pitching as there is out there and with this performance in the last like 6 weeks of the season, he might be worth 13 mil, 13 and a half mil just to have as that 6 or 7 starter because you know you're going to mm. need you know, I mean, how many starters did the Red Sox use this year? Ten, nine. Well, yeah, and you know? so, so it's like, and so that's the one thing, right? Is like we have we have our five starters locked up right now, right? Price, Porcillo, Wright, Erod, Pomeranz. Yes. So that's the big question: Is thirteen and a half million worth it for somebody to br- for the Red Sox to bring in as a relief pitcher, with the caveat that he may be a starter at some point? I well, it's like, do you want to, uh, you know? Does he come back for less? And if so, you're going to have to extend him years-wise. Mm. You know, are you going to offer him a three-year, $25 million deal, and will he come back for that? Mm. You know, it's interesting because it's a supply and demand world, and there's a little supply on starting pitching. And, you know, if you just let him go, somebody's going to pick him up. And, and I feel like that relief role that we would probably initially be looking at getting him into is also occupied by Joe Kelly right now. Joe Kelly came on at the end of the year. and I don't know, see he, him going he anywhere. He looks like he could be in that eighth inning mix. We talked already about Carson Smith kind of being in that eighth inning mix. A yep. uh, guy like Ziegler is probably going to be going back to Arizona. I believe yeah. his family still lives there, so and he'll probably, probably yeah, and 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 word going around town was that you know Boston kind of using him as you know just on one side of the plate, and he really sees himself in a bigger role than that. Right. I think ultimately the role that he has with Red Sox is going to be less than what the value that other teams may see him as. So I have a feeling somebody's going to give him a lot more money. I see that uh, catch a position, but uh, I do want to say that utmost props to that guy because he was he did great for us stepped into a a role for us this season and totally earned that that respect from the boston fans so uh no ill will there at all props to dombrowski for going out and getting him yep because he was sorely needed at the time he came in yep um so i think at the catch a spot uh ryan hannigan's a free agent he's probably gonzo ship him Uh, another veteran at that spot brian holiday he's probably gonzo yep 
Sandy Leone is kind of got the inside track runner. to be the, the man next yep. year and be the starter. And then who comes in there? Is it Christian Vasquez? They go more with the bat in uh, Blake Swihart. Or do both those guys make the team? Because Swihart's yeah. shown some versatility in being able to play some outfield. I think, yeah, I think that probably Vasquez is going to be the one who initially gets the number two nod behind Leon here. You know, still making some progress back after the Tommy John. Um, you know, showed some some definite bright flashes earlier on in the season for us, especially with his defense and his pitch framing. Um, I think Swihart is the one who's kind of odd man out here. I think he may see some ability to float around maybe in the outfield, um, maybe catcher at some point if some of those guys start wearing down a little bit and need some rest. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of the way I see it. One, two, three right there. Which is not a bad situation to be in at all. We could also see another situation earlier. We talked about this year, Swihart being a really good trade chip. So, again, a guy that we might want to carry on for some extra depth. And if we come into a situation in the middle of the season next year where we really need to make a move, I mean, I think, I think a lot of teams would be interested in a guy like that who can play left field, who can play catcher, and who have power bats. Yeah. So I mean, the power is yet to see with him, but he can yeah. definitely hit at this level. I think he can be a 300 hitter in the major leagues. Yep. Um, maybe he takes some ground as a third. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm, for know. the Red Sox, though? Uh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, that. unless Pablo comes out and wrestles the job, it's open. I mean, yeah. it's going to be an open audition between Pablo and Travis Shaw right now. Yeah. I mean, Brock Holt, I'm sure they like in that yeah. flow to capacity. He's arbitration yeah. eligible. I think he'll want to be back in. He'll definitely be back, yeah. Uh, I think the Red Sox have a lot of value they see in, in Holt being able to uh, take reps at shortstop, at second base, at third base, outfield. Just a total utility guy for us. Really like having him around. Let me ask you this because we got to get out of here pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. But will they make a run at Chris Sale? And what do you think <laughs> yeah. that'll cost? Yeah. Uh, ooh, so early to tell. Because there's not know. many teams that have what it takes to get a Chris Sale. The Red Sox just happen to be one of them. Yeah. Could it get done for JBJ, Eduardo Rodriguez, and Rafael Divas? I've heard just remember how ra- how reluctant there. we were to ship JBJ off earlier this season, and now all of a sudden you're just tossing him out as like part of a package. I mean, it's it's the emergence of Benatendi, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so fair but. enough, fair enough. Um, do you? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we'll deal with Dave Dombrowski. You know, we'll have to see how he goes. You know, the other thing is we got guys still in the minors that are showing some serious potential. We had Kopech and Trey Ball throw five hitless innings in the Arizona, Arizona Fall, Fall League, League the other it's day. True. So, true. you know, those are guys who are going to be moving up probably pretty quickly through the ranks. Not sure if they're going to see time in the majors next year. But, no. again, we've got to keep our eye on it. Another guy. September call up of 105 miles per hour. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. But. Another guy that I wanted to call out is Sam Travis. We didn't really get to talk about him at all this season because he tore his ACL pretty early He's on. He's an injury. He's We're a stud. See him get healthy. He's a stud. He's because. an IU guy. Shout outs, my Hoosier crowd. He's got. He's he's got some serious pedigree. I saw him in the uh, single A All Star game a few years ago. He looked pretty good. Yep. Uh, we're going to have to get out of here. You want to say anything to the peeps in a final season uh, goodbye? No, I think that's it. Um, you know, heads up to uh, all the guys out there that were 
tuning in to us week in, week out, week in, week out. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next season, I guess. Yep, like you said, we appreciate that. Keep an eye out for us uh, the end of March. You transferring into Patriots, Scott, right That's now? That's right. Oh, he's ready. He's going to get his Gronk shirt on after his monster day today. For Ben Fay, I am Mike Conley. Thank you, gang, for tuning in with us all season on Red Sox Wrap 360. Go Sox! From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.